All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 5, Episode 8 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock <laughs> Segan. With me is Dylan D. Berthume. Uh, Biebs Bondi is not here tonight. He is at a wedding rehearsal. Dinner, yeah. Sure. So, uh, Dylan D. Berthium, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, you know. Uh, feel a little less whole without my uh other half i was gonna say better half but it's up it's up in the air uh yeah debatable miss beebs uh but we gotta show must go on you know show must go on um speaking of the show uh probably not gonna be a whole lot of meat to this show uh we're just two days into the season so there's not a whole lot uh we were gonna originally talk about streaming targets it's a very plant-based episode of the daily face-off podcast yes uh very 2019 of us but uh there's just you know we're two days in we were going to talk about streaming options, but on Yahoo, the first week goes until uh, the 13th of October. So True. Uh, plenty of time to kind of get your streamers in next week. So we'll focus more uh, on that yeah. next week's um, I guess just as a quick uh, worth mention, just over the weekend, uh, if you're looking to get some extra games in this weekend, the Islanders, one of the few teams not playing on Saturday, play Friday, Sunday. Uh, and as we know, we saw all last year with the Islanders, plenty of players in their top six available on the free agent pool. You got Jordan Eberle, uh, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, all under, I think, 30% owned, 35% owned anyway in standard Yahoo leagues, all seeing lots of power play time as well. So if you're looking to get some extra games in over the weekend, uh, Islanders, good team to target. 
Yeah, and if you're like me uh, and you got a league on ESPN, uh, ESPN actually only runs their league uh, through Sunday, the first <laughs> week of the season. So you got a little half week on ESPN. So if Killing you're in it. that boat, as always, uh, the Islanders obviously a team worth targeting. Um, but okay, let's just talk about what we've seen through the first couple days of the NHL, including tonight, which is Thursday. Uh, we'll start with Wednesday night. Obviously, your Maple Leafs got off to a nice start against the Senators. Uh, Pretty good defensively. You know, not the strongest start, giving up a goal twenty five seconds in. But uh, every sure. you know, one of the bigger breakout targets this year. I mean, it's Brady Kachuk. Yeah, in he, the blue paint. What are you going to do? Yeah, Brady you TK. He's breaking out this year. Yeah. So. How's Jamie Ben doing? How many points has Jamie Ben got so far? You know, I'm not even totally Hold sure. On, uh, me, last uh, time I checked, that game was in the second period. So um, in the third period, I'm gonna let go me with just zero. Count it. One, two, zero points for zero. Jamie Ben. It's just one, two, zero. <laughs> Rupe Hanslow off to a nice start. Yeah. Uh, um, I was telling you earlier, if you want to hedge the bet and just call it and buy me a six pack right now. No, I mean <laughs> <laughs> we're two periods into the season. I'm I'm pretty confident. All right. Don't say Bruins. I, uh, uh, Bruins obviously a, a pretty stout defensive team, especially with Par Lindholm centering that second line. I mean, filling in for David Krejci. Yeah, par for the course. Par for the course, right there. Uh, yeah, David Krejci out right now. It was uh, LBI. It was, it was looking like he was gonna play. Really, but then like there that. was uh, there was actually a quote this afternoon where um, they said he was a little looking a little bit stiff or something like that. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I bet you this guy doesn't play tonight, but. What are you going to do? Uh, but let's go back to yesterday. We got the Leafs. Uh, they come out 5-3 over the Senators. Yep. You know, two goals from Austin Matthews. He Classic. is officially opening the king night. of opening night uh, in Toronto, right? Is he now the, the the most goals on opening night in Leafs history? Uh, I, I don't know that, but... I'm pretty sure they said that on yesterday's broadcast. I mean, I don't know uh, for sure if that's a thing. But I mean, I'm he loves certain... playing the Senators on opening night, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, why do they do that every year? Like, why not give us, like, Leafs-Bruins first game of the year? Uh, just get it right off. Start it right off. Because we want to see the Leafs score six goals on opening night and just see all the offensive talent on display. Is obviously. it just me, though? Or they've, like, they've actually, like, kind of struggled, right? Like, not struggled, but, like, they've had uh, a m- more difficult time than you might imagine the first couple, like, the first game of the last few years? Uh... I right? don't think so. I think you're off off a bit. Am there. I off? Yeah. Well, I mean, last year with Taveras, they came. The power play came out flying out of the gates, right? They were Smash like sixty percent through the first. Three no, I was just talking game. about like just against the Senators on opening night. Like, haven't they lost last few? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if they played the last couple of years, but three years ago was when Matthew. I feel like scored they play four. every year. Um, yeah, well, I remember that one. Can't so that yeah, one. the Leafs won that game because you know there's four goals right there. Almost lost it though. <laughs> yeah, they tried their best. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so you got the Leafs. They obviously got off to a nice start. Yeah, Tyson Berry looking like he uh, can still be a starting fantasy defenseman without top power play time. Uh, and you know, worth noting is Mike Babcock still feels like taking the first power play unit off after 50 seconds, uh, which is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, nothing like stacking up your first unit with all the offensive talent in the world and then taking them off, you know, 40% into the power play. Makes sense, right? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense actually whatsoever. Um, Babcock obviously took a lot of heat yesterday too, scratching Jason Spezza. Uh, that was just like the most like hot dick move. Well, it was all. Like, just, it was I don't just, think Nick Shore is going to be the difference in beating the Ottawa Senators in no. Game One of '82. You know? No, it was just funny though. It was like the like, the penultimate like fucking hockey's back, like because it was just like we like we just been waiting so long, and then like Leafs Nation just losing their mind over like scratching a guy in the fourth line. Just it was hilarious. It was like. So <laughs> hockey's back. It's not even funny. Yes, sir. Uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, let's talk about that game a little bit. McDavid He's came out player. looking a little bit rusty. First two periods didn't look uh, very Connor like, but then you give him, you know, just the smallest crease ever, 
and he bursts right up the middle, goes roof daddy. Have you ever seen McDavid split the D before? Oh my God, so pretty. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, Mike Smith looked good last night. I Stopped told 31 I like of 33. Mike Smith. Big Mike Smith guy. I just like, we'll see how long it lasts. Right. It was funny. But is there any logic to him doing better in Edmonton and behind that blue line than in Calgary? It's funny you bring that up because uh, the next thing I was going to talk about was Adam Larson out six to eight weeks. Obviously doesn't have a huge uh, fantasy impact. Uh, but for a guy like Mike Smith, uh, that definitely doesn't bode well. I mean, that's their top defensive defenseman. Yeah. Uh, on the roster, yeah, you know, you think like, you know, maybe you shouldn't t- trade Taylor Hall for that guy, but we're not going to go down that road. Um, you want to talk about Zach Cassian? Yep, Going absolutely. Winter alert. Zach Cassian looked really good next to Leon Dreisaitl. Yep, Leon uh, just giving him tons and tons of praise after the game, talking yeah. about his skill set. Most people don't realize how skilled he is. I think he's, he's going to be a staple snipped. in that top six. He snipped. Um, and yeah, I think when Leon plays with Connor, I, more often than not, it's probably going to be Cassian on that right wing. You saw it in the third period yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he was with Leon all game, and then they go to the third period, and it was Connor, Cassian, Leon. Yeah. So, we talked about it, especially in banger leagues. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason not to roster this guy. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I, you know, it's not like you pick him up and you're dead set on keeping him for the full 82, but as long as he's playing in the top six with either Leon or Connor, there's obviously upside there, right? He was a first-round pick. I mean, he used to score a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. If you're playing with Connor and Leon, like you're gonna put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. He's got some skill level. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if I'm being to- if I'm being totally honest, like I think that he's probably a better hockey player than Tom Wilson, right? Like has to be. You'd hope so. But like everybody seems to love Tom Wilson. Maybe hits a little more, but well, yeah. And Tom Wilson just has a very defined role on that team, right? Like you know he's gonna be on the opposite wing of a But we talked about this too. Like it was like all off season. It was like. There was no question whether or not like Cassian was on the top line with True. those two. True. Like he was like he was just definitely there. Um, let's talk about Vegas a little bit. Sure. A uh, guy that's worth picking up right now. Um, playing with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, two guys that we love. We thought yep. it was going to be uh, Paul Stastny there, but Cody Glass, the first ever Vegas Golden Knight draft pick to ever play in the NHL. Well, I shouldn't say first ever because Eric Branstrom. Did, yeah, he uh, was the their night first before, draft but pick, he was the first draft pick to play for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I tweeted it out a couple days before uh, the game. Looked like he was going to get a strong opportunity to start playing with Stone and Pacioretty, also featured on the top power play unit, and got to a great start. Scored a goal. Uh, Pacioretty and Stone just looked fantastic last night. Mark Stone was a guy that I was super, super high on this offseason. Uh, obviously, we're only one game in, but looks like it, that's going to go really well. Uh, Pacioretty's a guy that I I, I really like. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the preseason. His shot volume yeah. seemed to taper off the last few years. A little bit. And, that, and, and that result- Vegas, it's more as much the usage as anything Yeah, which is a balance there. issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but... If he can find even just a little bit of that shot volume back, he's a guy that can still flirt with 30 goals. It's just Easily, he's yeah. never been a high-percentage shooter. Yeah. So he was scoring 30 in Montreal because he was firing 300 shots at 10%. Yeah. So if he doesn't get there, like, he's going to shoot 10%. It's just a matter of, like, does he get twenty, you know, 270 shots and score 27 goals? Mm-hmm. Does he get 210 shots and, and score 21 goals? It's just kind of... Um, what what happens with Max Petretti. But Cody Glass, uh, I picked him up in one of my deeper leagues. I p- picked him up in one of my keeper leagues right away, right after the draft. I was pretty hype. I went on, actually. The draft ended, and with my one of my last picks, I got uh, Victor Olofsson. Yep. 
I was hyped about that. I think he's obviously in a great spot. Picked up an apple tonight, I think. I don't know if he added anything else. Uh, but definitely one assist in his first night. Uh, but then Cody Glass, I went on like, oh shit, like everyone's going to put in a waiver for him. This league I was in, yeah. no waivers after the draft, just straight free agent. So I just picked him up like 14 minutes after the Oof. draft. I was like, hell yeah, moved one guy to IR, picked him up, it's on my team immediately. I'm like, this makes no sense, gotta but I'm not going to complain about it. Got to know your settings, bro. Yeah, got to go after it. Uh, yeah, Olsen, one assist tonight on that Darlene goal. Did you see that goal? Yes. The beauty. Darlene, man. Nice feed by Reinhardt, too. Yeah, Darlene's going to have such a good year. Like, I wish... I. I went 0 for 4 in getting Rossmus Dahlin in drafts this, this year. I'm so upset about it. There was an opportunity. I had an opportunity. It's hard to take him over guys that you know are going to give you 55, 60 points, right? Uh, and that's basically where he was going in a lot of drafts this year. So, Speaking of defensemen, and this is no one else gives a shit about this, but I do. Okay. First time in my life, I am officially... A Brent Burns owner. Oh, I think like since like the, maybe not the first time in my life, but the first time since like he was like maybe like a Minnesota Wild forward. <laughs> like I like I haven't had him in so long, and I'm like I I, I never because I never do that. Like I never take him, but I had the sixth pick in a draft. I took Patty Six. Kane. Oh, and okay. then he, on the way back <laughs> he was there, and, yeah. I, and like there was just kind of like good value. Because, like, I just, I, my whole thing this year was just, like, don't take centers in the first year rounds. Like, don't take, like, I ended up getting, like, Logan Couture as my number two center in, like, yeah. the 11th round. And it was, like, I'm so happy. He's going to score 35 goals, probably. Yeah. So, I, and I think in shots leagues, too, right? That Burns is mm-hmm. probably, so he valuable. was a legitimate, like, uh, uh, first round pick, tail end of the first round, anyway. Because uh, you know he's going to be right around 70 to 80 points from the back end and probably flirting with 300 shots again. Yeah, this it's year, just so. incredible. I just, like, I, I never really can convince myself to do it. And I did it. Um, you know, they didn't look great in the first night. Nope. Um, but Vegas will do that to you. It was really crazy, though. Like, I know me personally, I was not very high on a guy like Martin Jones this year. Obviously, wasn't a very good goalie last year. Uh, and then you, you kind of look, and they, they talked about it on the broadcast. Obviously, last night was really tough. But, you know, you lose Joe Pavelski. You lose uh, Don Skoy. Joachim Ryan, obviously not as big of a loss. But then last <laughs> night, they go in. No Eric Carlson and no Evander Kane either. Like down five five guys. And then if you look at last year's playoff run, uh, no Gustav Nyquist either. Like just team was totally decimated last night. Obviously getting Kane back in two games. Eric Carlson should be back next game. Uh, will help a lot. Uh, but I don't know that team. Like I I just don't know what to think. Like we were very high on Kevin LeBanc. Uh, uh Clearly, everybody else was as well. His ADP got just blown out of proportion. Sure, yeah. Uh, buried on the third line. It was probably more of a response to trying to balance out the lineup uh, with no Vander Kane. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about that last year with them too, right? It's uh, but this it's, is that, that that was the one thing like that was like the one thing that we didn't think was gonna happen this year because there's no right wing depth. And yeah. then, like I, I, I honestly, I'm I'm not even gonna fucking try. I can't even pronounce the guy who's on there. Like, can't pronounce his name. I have no idea. Tankin. Tank uh, Tankin. I don't know what his name was, man. I have no Dimitri. I don't even try. I tried, but I'm not. Um, no idea who he is. Hold on, I'm gonna sound it out. There's a lot of guys out there. No clue. Uh, uh, but let's let's see. Okay, okay, I got it. Yeah, it's your you're taken, Daniil. You're taken. You're you're taken. You're taken. <laughs> you're taking Lebanc spot up there on the yeah, first line. Exactly. But Played 13 um, whole minutes last night. So I, I think the one guy we should really talk about uh, that we missed to- uh, on night one, Jakob Vrana, he looked like the best player on the ice last night. Yeah, I mean, we always talked about how his numbers look so good, but there just doesn't really seem to be the opportunity for him to take that next step forward. Like, you can only do so much playing second-line minutes, second power play, right? 
And like second line on a team like Washington where it leans so heavily. Uh, the one thing the I guess that, that bodes well for him is that he looked great last night and he yeah. did it without of getting Kuznetsov. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if they're willing to try him on the right side opposite of Ovechkin, then obviously... Look out. Yeah, but I mean, he, our boy he, Tommy Wilson's there, so... Not our boy at all. <laughs> um, scored uh, the game-winning goal in overtime, you know, basically by himself. Yeah. He was flying all night. Verona's a guy that... To me, has legit thirty goal upside. It's just whether or not for sure. You get twenty two goals. I yeah. think it's twenty two or twenty three goals last year. Just got to get that, that same limited role, right? Yeah. So, I I'd like to get him, see him at least get the look on that top power play unit, and mm-hmm. I think that's where you know he could really get the boost in production. Uh, and then who knows? Him and Kuznetsov, maybe they form uh, you know a really solid one two punch there on the second line. Seems like they want to roll Backstrom with Ovi there on the top line, uh, which you know as a guy who owns Backstrom and Ovi in a keeper league, love totally to see fine. it love to see it uh but yeah um yeah potential there but it's just tough they you seem think- pretty locked into playing him on the left side so obviously he's not gonna take ov spot on the top line uh anytime this decade so uh it seems like his upside is a little capped right now but i agree with you he looked awesome last night and there's a lot of talent there for sure the one thing, like, you look at a team like Vegas, like, we're talking about how Cody Glass, Kuznetsov, Oshi could be just a phenomenal, like, second line. Um, sorry, did I say Oshi? I think I got skipped ahead there. Kuznetsov, Verona, Oshi should be a dominant second line when you're right. looking at, you got Patchetti, Glass, Stone, second line in Vegas. Like, right. You need those two lines to carry. Like, they can't just rely on that Ovechkin line forever. And, like, they really need Oshi, Kuznetsov, and Verona to take on and you know play really well this year, and I think if Verona can take a little bit of a step forward with those two, there's there's real opportunity there. Yeah, I like I mean, Verona. They lost some depth in the off season too, right? With uh, Connolly leaving that third line, it's not as strong as it was last year. So I think there's potential they lean on uh, the second line a little bit more than they did last year. A little year bit too. more like the Florida Panthers. Yeah, we'd love to see that. That's how you get as many fantasy relevant players as possible on your roster, right there. And the last guy we're going to talk about uh, from Wednesday night slate, Tanner Pearson, 11 <laughs> shots, scored a goal, uh, deflection actually. In I, his... uh, I want to play those back. I got some questions for the uh, the, the game. Uh, game scorer. There you go, yeah. Uh, 11 shots. I don't know. I just have a have it. I missed like, I think 10 of them. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the game. I did not notice Tanner Pearson just uh, ripping the, the puck on net. Uh, you know, maybe that's how Mike Smith ended up with such a good save percentage on the night. But he uh, he scored a goal too, right? Yeah, he, well, he tipped in a, a point shot from Tyler Myers. So one for 11, not bad. Shooting percentage, uh, not inflated to start the year, not which at is all. good. <laughs> Probably the only guy who scored last night without an inflated shooting percentage. Legit. Yeah. Like, no no doubt about it. Um, but we talked about the Canucks quite a bit this offseason. That top six, pretty good. You got Tanner Pearson, you got Horvat. You got you know JT Miller, you got Besser, Ferland, Pedersen. That's a that's a pretty good top six. And Pearson's a guy that was <clears throat> good fantasy. enough to wave Goldobin and Sven Barchi. Yeah, apparently to keep Adam Gaudet and then not play him. Yeah, I didn't understand that one at all. But what are you gonna do? Well, uh, I, I mean, if we're gonna sit here and try to dissect why Travis Green does what he does, we're gonna be here a while, forever. Uh but he had twenty four goals, twenty assists in two thousand seventeen. 187 shots. It was Tanner. Tanner Pearson. Yep. So, not a guy that's afraid to shoot the puck. 11 shots to start the season. Currently <laughs> leading the NHL. Don't know if that'll... Uh, I don't know if he can maintain that pace, but... Currently on pace for you know, somewhere around 900 shots on goal. Playing with uh, playing with Bo Horvat's a good spot. And that, that's the he, thing he I was about to t- say. You should see a um, ton of usage, right? I mean, he only played 15 minutes last night. 
you'd like to see that go up a little bit. Uh, Horvat plays a ton. Yeah, but He's the thing a, is, Green was just so inconsistent with his lines last year, and especially the wingers for Bo Horvat, right? Like, I think Bo played something like there was eight or nine guys that he had at mm-hmm. least 50 minutes uh, at 5v5 with last year, which is just ridiculous. Um, obviously, there's potential, too, that he jumps up to the left wing at Pedersen and Bester, though, which is nice. Very nice. Uh, and while I don't disagree with you yep. uh, at all, to me, this year, especially now that Barchi's gone, to me... Um, Makes sense. There's no like depth on either side of those wings really outside of the guys really that last are, year. No, though, but, right? that, but, that, but last them. year there was no quality at all. Mm-hmm. Now this year there seems to be a little bit more quality. Like these guys are better hockey players than the guys in the bottom six. I mean, you could talk about a guy maybe like Josh Levo pushing his way up, but I mean, how long are we gonna talk about Josh Levo? <laughs> but all right. Let's uh let's get to some Twitter questions here. We like, like I said, we didn't have a whole lot to talk about here after opening night, so we're gonna get to some Twitter questions. We'll be back next week. Um, let's start with this one. What do you think of trading an elite first round pick to get two first line, first power play type players to add depth to your roster? It's a very open ended question. Thank you very much for your question, Raphael. Well, I gotta pull that up because that was way too much. Uh... What do you think of trading an elite first-round pick for two first-line-slash-first-PP-type players? So you're trading, let's say, like uh, Patrick Kane for two guys that play on the top line and top power play unit for their respective teams. I mean, it obviously... Depends on who you're getting. Uh, You know, obviously, to me, if you're going to get a guy that plays on the top line, the top power play unit, we're talking about somebody that's pretty good. Yeah. I think if you feel okay about how you came out on draft night, there's really no reason to make that type of move right now. Yeah, I, I've, Generally, I've had so many find... trade questions already, and I'm like, just relax. Like, yeah. should I start this? Guy? I mean, like, and if you're looking for it. depth, and like, and you know, you shouldn't be trading for guys just because they're playing on the first line and first power play. You know, the first game of the season, right? Yeah. There's probably a lot of value attached to their given role, uh, and you don't want to trade a, a guy who's an absolute stud. Like Patrick Kane, for example, you know he's going to flirt with 190 to 100 points again this year uh, and obviously be heavy, heavily utilized all season. You don't want to overreact and trade him for a guy. Uh, and if you're looking to add depth, like this is the type of year to really just pay attention to the waiver wire in the free agent pool and you can pick off those type of guys. Or you can do what I do and stream three or four roster spots in every league and just maximize the output you're getting at the bottom of your roster. That's the easiest way to go about and add in depth to your roster is just keeping a revolving door or two for uh, your final roster spot. you got so many games just plugged in your lineup every week yeah. um i think though the one thing that i would say is like we don't have a whole lot to talk about right now because we're one day into the season yeah uh two once this episode is released but every single team should have the same in a redraft league every single team should have the same amount of depth right now you just had draft day if you did a good job you should have just as much if not the most depth in the league right and to me right now there's not the time to be really be you know i'm not trading i, I picked patrick kane seventh overall for a reason right. honestly it's the type of year where you're where you're trying to uh really you know make a run at those type of guys I, i'd be looking at more of the opposite if i could trade maybe a fifth and sixth round pick for a second or third round guy right uh and then you can kind of work on filling out your depth as the season unfolds uh and picking up guys like cody glass who are talented players that might just maintain a top six spot on mm-hmm. a top power play spot all season right like i'm sure glass, cody glass just needs to be a must add right now, I, I haven't looked and he's probably available in over like 80 percent of leagues at he least, was 15 percent right? when i or like 15 percent the other day i don't know what he's at today um i'll check keep going low guppy friend of the show he's asked lots of questions throughout jeff. the years jeff the boy uh i need sneaky garbage tier d to roll the dice on for re- for reference i have mcavoy gerard 
Eric Johnson, Gudis, and Slavin. Partial points for hits, blocks, no power play bonus. Yeah, Glass just 16% owned right now. 16%. Um, I don't know. Garbage tier D. I mean, like, I don't, we don't really focus that often on guys that are just total trash buckets. <laughs> um, so, Guppy, I guess we'd have to take a, a deeper dive into this one and get back to you on Twitter, I'd say, because, like, I mean, how deep are we going here? Well, I'm, I, I guess we're trying to think. I, like Cam Fowler? Is right? he good? Garb, I don't know if Cam, if Cam Fowler is garbage tier. I don't know how deep we're going. Okay, give me a second. Stall for a sec. I'll bring up. I'd uh, say that uh, I'd say that whoever is going to replace Nate Schmidt in Vegas would be a good place to start. Um, I think that's somebody like... Why don't you fill the listeners in with what happened to Nate Schmidt? Oh, and Nate Schmidt took a knee-on-knee collision yesterday. He is going to be out week to week. Uh, so whoever ends up replacing him on the second uh, power play... You'll have play to see you. it as the Shea Theodore owner. Yeah, oh, it's great for Shea Theodore. Wish nothing but the best for uh, Nate Schmidt in his recovery. Maybe but a guy like... Uh, I'm being selfish about it. <laughs> Maybe a guy like Oscar Clefbaum, too, if he's not picked up. Obviously, with Adam Larson gone. Alexander Edler, 49% of leagues, so available a lot of leagues out there. Jake Gardner, 34% playing on the top power play unit in Carolina. Uh, if, probably not going to see a ton of minutes at 5v5, uh, but still, nonetheless... Uh, interesting there. Sam Gerrard, potential there to me. He's already season. got Sam Gerrard. He's got McAvoy, Sam Gerrard, oh. Johnson, Gudis, and Slavin. Okay. Justin Schultz, 22% owned. Um, your boy, Mike Green, if you're looking to just maybe get some power play production. Yeah, and- I mean, Mike Green's going to be great for the 32 games he plays this season. <laughs> uh, Cam Fowler, 11% owned. Yeah, Cam Fowler. Head, Cam so. Fowler just – no one ever respects Cam Fowler. I mean, they're going to be awful, but Cam Fowler plays 23 minutes a night. Yep. Uh, our boy Travis Sanheim, 7% owned. Not playing any power play time. Staying away from that one right now. Uh, Nick Letty, 6% owned, is seeing power play time. Matt still. Niskanen's another guy seeing uh, power play time right now. He's garbage tier defenseman, sure, if I yeah. ever heard one. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, 4% owned. So definitely some value to be had on that uh, Ducks blue line right now. Uh, your boy Denny Chow. You want to talk about Denny Chow? Oh, yeah. Dennis Chalowski going to be on the top uh, power play in Detroit. 3%, 3% owned right now. Uh, they just, like, he is pretty much locked on the top power play in Detroit because they just want a left handed shot on the top unit. And yeah. Mike Green and Ronick both right handed shots. So uh, they're, they're going to need him to stay there for, for, you know, as long as he's on the roster. So Chalowski, another guy that's definitely worth taking a look at uh, yeah. there. And that's about it. I mean, Jared Spurgeon, too, 33% owned. Doesn't see the power play time, but productive enough at 5v5 to, I, we talked about him in the preseason. Definitely. Uh, can serve you as you know your first benchman off the bench for sure yeah all right let's keep going twitter questions here early trade targets we should go to for sell high buy low targets anthony uh great question anthony uh i think we kind of talked about this already it's a little too early i'm not gonna get too crazy uh with buy low sell highs yet you know, half these guys haven't even, you know, stepped on the ice right. yet yeah, this give it, season. Give it three or four games, and then you can really start to look at the guys who are, are clearly, uh, you know, overproducing, had uh, some puck luck that, you know, led to them being over a point per game the first week or two of the season. Uh, it's hard to really just buy in on opening night and really get someone to overreact that early into the season. Um I'm really just trying to think. You know what that said, night. though? I'd be trading Blake Wheeler immediately after tonight's performance. Blake Wheeler, yeah, you would, eh? <laughs> Maybe go out for a guy like Jimmy Ben. Uh, I mean, I he only for, shoots 300 times a year, so really surprising that he scored twice, right? For uh, Yeah, it's just too early. So, Anthony, we will definitely talk about that, you know, a ton throughout the coming weeks. For sure, uh, yeah. But 
right yeah. now, just a little too early. Definitely right. a hot topic for us near the end of October. Oh my God. That's all we, that's all I like to talk about. I want you guys to make rip off as many people as you can <laughs> this year. That's my favorite shit ever. Uh, okay. Chris Hutton says Radulov on line two. How long does that last? Also Schmaltz or step on. Ooh, Radulov is actually probably a guy you want to move. Potentially, right? but like how long? I don't know. Like he's still going to be on top power play. He, Rupe hints, clearly looks like a guy who's ready to take a step forward. I'm not panicking on Radulov yet. And how long does it last? Not, we saw Jim Montgomery yeah. change his lines every fucking eight minutes last True. But I don't, yeah. I just, I feel like Joe Pavelski is going to be on that top line all season. I that's my be. early, that's my early feel. I, and I don't disagree with you yeah. at all. And I, it, to me, he should. Right. And Radulov's not going to get. You went out and signed him for Ra- a reason. I like Rupa Hintz too, but Radulov's not going to get to 70 points playing on that second line, right? And I don't even think he was on the first power play unit last night, was he? It was tonight, and I, I didn't get a chance to see any any Dallas Stars he might action been. tonight. So. I shouldn't say that. But, uh, I mean, he was scheduled to be on the top power play. You know, as, yeah. Uh, actually, no, he wasn't supposed to be on the top that's power what I mean. play. That's you know, what you're I mean. right. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, sorry, I set 30,000 lineups on the last yeah, 24 you're hours. Forgiven. You're forgiven. I'm all over the map So, I guess right Radulov's now. a decent one. Uh, to sell high on right now, try to get rid of him. Yeah, because, uh, I mean... It's not like he's going to just randomly explode and go off for 90 points. No. Right? I don't he, think you're going to regret the deal too much. If you're okay with the potential of him returning to the top line and being back around 70 points. Trade him for another guy that might get 70 points. Or, you know, you're confident we'll get 60 to 65 points and more upside than that, right? Go get Like, would you rather have Braden Shen or Alex Radulov this year? Mm. Two different positions is kind of tough, but. Yeah, Shen gives you center left wing, I think, in mm. Yahoo. Uh... Center left wing for Shen. Uh, yeah, probably uh, Radulov. Um, but what about Mac and Chuck? I'd take Mac and Chuck. I think so too, right? Yeah. That could probably be a trade you can make happen. I feel like everybody who drafted Not Mac and Chuck, though, so. took a, took just a chance. Like, they drafted him early. Like, everybody drafted Mac and Chuck early. This yeah, year. I mean, well, it depends, right? I mean, in the, the DFO league that uh, me and you set up, I, I got him at pretty reasonable. I, I wouldn't have been a player for Mac and Chuck at any earlier than what I got him, which I think was the fifth or sixth mm-hmm. round. So, uh, yeah, it, it depends, but I think that's a guy who uh, a lot of people, not just us, but a lot of people talk down his totals heading into the season. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to look at a young guy who, who explodes like that. And you can see his shooting percentage and on ice is a little inflated, but we see guys like that just take step forwards with their peripheral numbers all the time because they're just improving still at this point in their career. So there's certainly a chance that uh, Kachuk's shooting percentage and everything else falls off and he improves his shot totals as much as everything else uh, and still gets back around 70 points. Uh but again, a little limited in his opportunity. Just yeah, like, like we said, off. stuck behind Gaudreau is always going to hurt you a little bit. All right, yeah. uh, Matthew Gross, also friend of the show. Is yep. Colton Pareko worth a roster spot this year with no power play time? Any low-tier replacements? If not, thanks. Uh, we just rattled off yeah, a bunch of Yeah, we just rattled of off a bunch of guys that we would like uh, that are owned in our very few leagues right now. It's funny you actually asked this question because right before me and Dylan went on air, we were actually talking about Colton Pareko's usage. Um, and yeah, talk about what Barube, Barube said, said. Basically, his plan is to always have Pareko and Bomeister as a pair go out as soon as the power play ends because mm-hmm. typically you've got shitty players killing penalties, so then the top lines are coming over the boards right after the penalty is killed. No, no, like they got like the other team, oh, yeah, yeah, the yes, other yes, team, yes, as yes, soon yes. as they kill the penalty, yes, they're sorry. sending over their best lines. So he wants, you know, his better shutdown line, which would be Pareko and Bomeister to head out on the ice. Right. So, it's a nice advantage to have because most teams sure. will have their top defenseman on, on the power. Exactly. Play. So it's a good, it's a good thing to have, you know, it, it's an embarrassment of riches uh, in St. Louis right now on that blue line. I think it just depends on your format, where the Pareko is worth owning banger leagues. I, I think he's probably still worth mm-hmm. holding on to as your fourth or fifth defenseman shots leagues as well. He's still going to get a lot of shots on net. Uh, 
but in more his standards, value obviously did take a huge hit though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And but should still be able to give you above average goals, but and it's tough because, you know, with a player like that, you really have to play them night in and night out to get the value there, mm-hmm. right? Like Cole DeBrego hitting double digit goals is nice, but when he's your fourth or fifth defenseman, you're probably not playing him every single game, right? So you might get five goals out of him over the course of the, the season. The other issue though too with Colton Pareko is he's kind of a guy that people are like taking because they're expecting better things. Like he really hasn't been like that sensational, right? Like you're still hoping for for better days ahead with Colton well, Pareko. And like now a year or two ago it was a lot easier to look and say there's more opportunity coming. Petrangelo's getting a little bit older, but then last year we shot saw Vince percentage Dunn. shooting percentage has to go exactly, up. It exactly. just never last happened. Last year we see Vince Dunn emerge as a really legitimate power play threat. Uh, and then, you know, you also I mean, he had 28 points last year. pick up Justin Falk, who, you know, very clearly a power play specialist. So I, I really do think Pareko is fourth in line for power play time. You're going to have to see an injury or two before he yeah. really sees some time on the man advantage. And Bruve's talk about the, uh, you know, strategic advantages to have him not play on the power play. Yeah, like it, it seems very evident that he's not going to yes, see. It's very intentional that he's not on the yes. power play. So it's a huge fantasy, a huge hit towards his and fantasy it's not value. Like- if you're hurting for defensemen, I could certainly see, uh, you know, I, he's probably around right around the top 50 to 60 mark for D men. So take that for what it's worth. If you think you need help on defenseman, you think you need the depth. Uh, he might be worth holding on to as a fourth or fifth spot, but I, I really looking at him more as a, a streaming target more than anything this season. Yeah. And just like he isn't behind guys that aren't like, it's not like the rookies, that might fall through on the power play. Like, we're talking about guys that have just done this year in and year out. Uh, outside, like, when we're talking about Petrangelo and Falk, like, what more do you want? How, how You know, they're not going to just get removed from the power play after a couple weeks, right? Right. Exactly. Last question. Uh, points League. Suzuki, Glass, Texier. Who would you rather have? For me, it's Glass, uh, hands down. We talked about um, Texier. He's got a great opportunity, but really, there's just not that elite player on that team or like on that line, you lose Panner and Texas is not going to fill that void. We talked about how much Atkinson and Dubois really struggled without Panner in last year. Yep. And it's not going to just suddenly get better with Texier. I like him. I think it's a great spot. But for me, Cody Glass playing with Stone and Pacioretty is just, that's as good as it gets. Like that is legit. We talked about him with like with Stastny there. I think Cody Glass is a very, uh, you know, comparable replacement for, um, Stastny and he'll be able to seamlessly fit in with Pacioretty and Stone and then you Suzuki is another guy who's played very well in the preseason looks very good uh, but for me right now uh, Cody Glass is the guy out of that trio that I'd rather have thank you very much though for your question Powell uh, who would you rather have Glass for sure yeah. I mean you know he's uh, just clearly uh, Gerard Gallant is uh, sh- you know shown uh, he's more willing to give him uh, you know, dream opportunity, really give, really give your top prospect a chance to produce. Uh, whereas the other guys, you know, they're on the first line or Teche is on the first line, but Dubois and Atkinson, not nearly as uh, enticing of line mates as uh, Stone and Pacioretty. And neither of those guys are on the top power play unit either, which Glass is right now. So for the time being, certainly I'd rather have Cody Glass, even though he's only got the uh, the center eligibility. Yeah. Cody Glass, like I just, I, I'm so fired up. I got him in a couple of leagues. It's like, I hope it lasts. Who knows how long it does last? I mean... I think they're going to give him any, every chance to hang on to a spot in that top six. Really hurts uh, the value for our, our boy Paul Stastny, but that's okay because not really the most uh, relevant or not a guy you would really roster for a full 82 games regardless. I, I think Glass obviously has more upside in that role than Stastny. Stastny's upside seems to be a little capped at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sucks because I love streaming the guy. 
uh, and you know, doesn't seem like that's really going to be the good, uh, very plausible this season. The good news for Glass too is like his whole role right now is like Alex Tuck's out for multiple weeks, so he's going to get a, like a long look, right? Yeah. So until that, he's if he plays well, he's going to give or get a long look, and then at that point, they can make their decision. Exactly. Yeah. But all right, that was season five, episode eight, the Daily Faceoff podcast. Very short, I know. Uh, but we are definitely going to be back next week with so much more information. We're going to have so many more games under our belt. We're going to be able to really discuss uh, everything that happened in the first week of the season. Stay tuned after the break. Uh, I'm going to talk to Chris Abbott of Odd Shark about a couple bets you can lay over this weekend and try to make a little bit extra cash. So, uh, again, I'm Brock Segan. we got Dylan D. Berth here. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys back here next week. Peace. Wrestled to the dirt, now I'm back on my crowd I took a trip to the borderlands And I dashed my head in some upstream land I saw a man in a two-tone coat Told me everything he liked about the South Episode eight of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, I am now joined on the line with Chris or by Chris Abbott of Oddshark. How's it going, Chris? It's going great, Brock. How are you doing today? You must be so excited to have hockey finally back. Yeah, um, very excited, very busy. Um, <laughs> lots of games. Uh, Friday's usually pretty nice because I get uh, a little bit of a break. Only four games today, which is or, well five if you count the early one, uh, which is nice. But then tomorrow, uh, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit here is the first big Saturday of the season 13 games tomorrow so always a busy day for me Um, I'm sure busy for you as well placing lots of bets Um, (laughs) so it's been an exciting couple of days in the NHL so far Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of good goals a lot of big saves a lot of high scoring games Uh, a lot of the team's new acquisitions just absolutely lighting it up early Uh, Jacob Truba for one had a tremendous game against his former team uh, yesterday, but uh, what are your overall impressions of the first couple of days of the season? Oh, it's great. I'm just excited to have it back. Yeah, I had uh, Jacob Truba and the Rangers to win on the money line last night, minus 125, or Thursday night, I guess, when people might not be listening to this on Friday. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, I, I predicted that one, so I was happy about that. I uh, A couple of first period over one and a half so on opening night. Everyone loves getting that bet in. So uh, it's off to a pretty good start, and uh, I'm really looking forward to to Saturday. Well, speaking of Saturday, uh, who are your favorite bets right now um, looking at Saturday's slate of games? Well, there's a couple of things that catch my eye. The first one is uh, Montreal in Toronto. Montreal's plus 171 on the money line. Uh, I don't know that we have a puck line price, but the reason I'm talking about Montreal instead of Toronto, is that this is going to be Toronto's third game in four nights to open the season. They're in Columbus Friday night and then quickly back at home. So there's a couple of things that I'm keeping an eye on here. You might see a Michael Hutchison start, although I don't see how they do that on Saturday night. 
on Hockey Night in Canada against the Habs, but you never know with Mike Babcock apparently these days. So uh, I'm keeping an eye on Montreal to keep this close. These teams have always played close, hard-fought games. Uh, Toronto's dominated this season series over the last few years, but um, I just like the spot that Montreal is in here, either for a plus one and a half or a straight-up win. And uh, the total's not out yet, but you can assume it'll be somewhere around six. The average combined score between these two teams over the last three years is 6.8. So I would probably look for an over in that game as well. That's the first one that jumps out at me. And there's uh, there's a couple more uh, I've been I've been eyeing as the weekend approaches. One of those is uh, late game Edmonton and L.A. Now the total is out for this game. Uh, both of these teams haven't or won't play before then. Edmonton one and zero, and Los Angeles this will be their first game of the year. So I traditionally between these teams we've seen the total go under, but it's set at five and a half. I would, I would assume this goes over. I think Mike Smith will be back in the net for Edmonton. He's been good, but he also gives the Edmonton forwards a better chance offensively because they're not in their own zone as often. You know, he likes to come out and play the puck. So I can see Edmonton scoring more goals because of that this year. I'm going to take over five and a half in that game. Uh, the one thing I would like to say first is uh, it does look like Michael Hutchinson will get the start for the Maple Leafs. Anderson's going uh, tonight, which is Friday. Uh, so it looks, as of right now, like Hutchinson's going to get the Saturday game against the Canadians. Obviously helps the uh, the Canadians' chances drastically. And whenever you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl going the way, especially the way they looked in the first uh, game of the season, betting the over there makes a lot of sense. McDavid you know, didn't look great in the first couple periods, but third period turns on the Jets and makes it look easy, and Leon looks fantastic. So... Uh, I like that one as well. The uh, the one that I was looking at uh, that was interesting to me, um, Boston minus 121 against Arizona. Arizona, you know, lots of uh, – a lot of people like Arizona coming into this year. But, um, you know, they didn't look very good on opening night. Uh, they didn't play very well against a pretty weak opponent in Anaheim. And that's a pretty good uh, spot for Boston to go in there. And I would think probably handle their business pretty pretty handily, right? Yeah, you know what? That one snuck past me. I'm glad you pointed it out because sometimes I just kind of – flick past Arizona Coyotes but uh, Boston seem to be back on doing what they what they did last year low scoring tight they can win that way or against a team like Arizona who might open it up a little bit um, we might see a little more offense in this game so again we, you the Boston price on the money line is pretty good and I see the opening total for this game at five and a half as well so I know that's likely because Boston played a very low scoring game against Dallas however I see it being a different game in Arizona on Saturday night. So I I'm I think I like over five and a half in that game too. And uh my Detroit Red Wings, they get started on Saturday, plus one ninety three. I'm not gonna touch that one at all. They're gonna just get decimated, <laughs> I'm sure, in Nashville. So uh Chris, if there's not is there anything else you wanna any other games you want to talk about? I will say early in the season is a good time to make those underdog money line bets because a lot of that is going off the preseason or mm-hmm. results from last year. Like I don't know exactly how good Nashville will be this year. So you'd still get a good price on like a Detroit plus one and a half here. Um, you know, if they can get if Detroit can get any goaltending at all, this could be a low scoring game. So plus one and a half at what I still think would be even money or better on Detroit, it, it wouldn't be a bad play there. And uh, likewise, the Dallas St. Louis game, I think that's going to be low scoring as well. So it's never a bad chance to take the underdog in those situations. 
Yeah, I you know you've got more faith in the Red Wings than I do this year. Um, a little <laughs> bit banged up already heading into the season. It looks like Luke Glendening is going to be on the second line to start the year, which doesn't really tickle my fancy. But uh, Chris, it's always great to talk to you. Hopefully, everybody listens to Chris's weekend, wins some money, and uh, Chris, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Great stuff, Brock. We'll talk again soon. Perfect. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.